Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Sing this song, sing it one by one. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. I have a great show for you today where I welcome Krista St. Germain. And Krista has a really unique story in that her husband was killed by a drunk driver about six years ago now. And that led her down this path of grieving and going through the trauma and then studying in order to help herself and then eventually become a certified life coach and help others. And you'll hear today that Krista is just doing really great work and understanding you know, the process for herself and helping her clients deal with it as well. Now, whether you're dealing with the death of a partner or a breakup, it's a lot of similar things that you're going to go through as far as grieving both of those. And I'm not trying to say they're the same thing, but neurologically, we do go through a very similar process and dealing with that grief and then knowing when to start dating again and, and to begin to move forward in your life in both of those situations with the death of a partner or a breakup are quite similar. And Krista shares some really great steps for going through the grief and then questions to ask yourself when you're starting to date again and how to know when you're ready. So I know you guys are going to love this show. And those of you listening who are dealing with a loss, just want to send you a big hug and just know that this will pass and listening to the show will certainly help give you some tools to deal with the grief and to move on in a healthy way and or not necessarily move on, but move forward. And Krista gives some amazing tools. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hey, Love Tribe. If you haven't signed up yet for our free 14-day happy couple challenge, I encourage you to head on over to our website right now and check it out. Our free challenge will help you be one step closer to a happier, stronger relationship. This free challenge, which you can do with your partner or without, will help you break some bad habits, build new weekly practices that keep you connected, communicating, and push you to create an even deeper intimacy, all with simple, easy, doable daily challenges. So head on over to our website, idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. Hi, Krista. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about dating after a loss. And that can be a loss in the form of a breakup or in other circumstances, you know, a death of a partner. And I know after reading a bit about your story, that's kind of what motivated you to get into this space of helping people to to cope with the loss, to know when to date again. So I thought maybe we could start with having you share a little bit about your story and then we'll dive in. Sure. Yeah, it's not really work I honestly ever planned to do. But when I was 40, I was coming home from a trip with my husband and we had pulled over to the side of the road because I had a flat tire And he insisted, being the stubborn man that he was, on changing the tire. Um, And unfortunately, a driver that we later found out had meth and alcohol in his system just didn't see us and ran into the back of our car. And, you know, within 
24 hours, the life that I just thought was honestly at an all-time high <laughs> um, was just completely ripped away. And I discovered that I didn't really know much about grief. And what I did know wasn't all that helpful. So eventually, when I did figure things out myself the hard way, I decided that that's what I wanted to do was to help other women um, so that they didn't have such such a rough time. So yeah, it's, that was six years ago. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. And can you tell us some of the things that maybe you struggled with and, and that you're now helping people through, you know, starting with that, that initial shock and grief and navigating that, and then we'll move towards dating again. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's just some common misconceptions or misunderstandings about grief that a lot of us are falling for, and I definitely was. So I think most people are familiar with the five stages of grief. They've heard of that. It's kind of the one grief theory that seems to have taken hold in our culture. But it's really only one of many theories. And unfortunately, we've kind of taken that theory and misused it a bit. So it was never really intended to be something that was linear. It was never intended to be um, something that you know was actually stages we had to progress through. In fact, that work was originally about hospice patients. And most people don't know that. I certainly didn't. It was about people who were coming to terms with their own mortality, with a terminal diagnosis, not about how do you navigate grief when you've lost someone that matters to you. And so I found myself kind of trying to fit myself into these little boxes, right? So my am I angry enough? Should I be more angry? Is this the part where I'm in denial? Have I accepted yet? Right? Trying to make something that is not linear and doesn't end into this nice, tidy, staged process where if I just followed the rules, I would get through it, right? And I would get to the end. And that's just not how grief works. It it doesn't end. You know, there's any timeline that we've heard of is (laughs) inaccurate, right? The stages are not so helpful. And so just some of those basic grief things. I also think a lot of us have really internalized this idea that emotions are problems and we think we're supposed to be happy all the time. And so, of course, I don't believe that for a second now, but I used to believe that. And, and as a result of that, I had a much harder experience of emotions because I saw them as problems, right? I saw them as problems to solve. And now I see them as experiences to allow. And so... You have a whole lot you know, easier time with grief if you understand that it's going to be unique to you. It's not the same for anyone. There's nothing wrong with however you feel. You know, How you feel isn't a problem to solve. There's nowhere you're actually going to get to that, you know, that experience ends. You're just going to weave it into the fabric of your life. And then things can get a little bit easier, right? I also had never heard of post-traumatic growth. That's probably a whole nother discussion. But now that's something that I am very interested in helping people work on if they want to. There's so much that can go on. And I think that's valuable. Like you said, we're we're really familiar with the five stages of grief. And certainly people are going to move through those, maybe some of them, maybe not in order, all different variations. But I like how you said allowing ourselves to be unhappy, to feel those things. Because I think through my own experience, I haven't had a loss, a death of a partner, but I've gone through breakups and divorce. And, you know, there's similar emotions that you're you're losing someone. Obviously, it's different. I don't, don't want to try to say they're the same thing. But neurologically, a lot of the things that we go through are very similar. And yes, we could get to this place where it's like we get 
upset with ourselves for being upset is kind of what you're describing. And so it's so important to just allow that space. How do you do that? Like, what are some things that you you say to yourself? And then how can we avoid not sort of getting in a rut and kind of stuck, you know, and, and maybe in a negative loop, which is going to lead us to what I want to talk about later of then getting out there and, and dating again? Yeah, I mean, Oftentimes, I think people think that they're stuck. And really, it's actually not that they are. It's that they're believing the story that they are. So one thing I would offer is that I don't find it particularly useful um, to decide that you're stuck. Because our brain always finds evidence of what it looks for. And yes, it might not feel like you expected it to feel. And it might not line up with the timeline that you expected it to line up with. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything other than, you know, your experience hasn't matched your expectations. And, and that's a very normal human part of grief. So A, I would stop telling yourself that you're stuck, right? And start looking for how, evidence of how you're not stuck. You're just a human who is experiencing grief, right? And some emotions. But that doesn't mean that you're stuck. That is so valuable. Obviously, everything that we experience is is through our perspective and how we're framing it. So yeah, just reframing how we talk to ourselves. So let's say we, we start to be kinder to ourselves and we're moving through the pain. What are some of the things that happened during that time or maybe through your own experience that, that were particularly difficult just processing? Mm. Well, guilt can be something that kind of holds us back a little bit or maybe that we um, need some support navigating. I know for me, I did. I had a lot of stories in my mind about, you know, woulda, shoulda, couldas, um, how I should have insisted that we call AAA, right? Not let him change that tire, how I should have pulled up further along the highway. I should have made different choices in the hospital, those kinds of things. So I definitely see, you know, that being a common thing that we work through and also something that we don't have to settle with. Um, really just the fear of intense feelings. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. 
I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good, and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family, and we all walked to the lake, and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and, of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you've never really had the skill of allowing a feeling, you know, and maybe what you saw growing up was your parents acting from their feelings, right? So maybe you saw them feeling angry and then acting angry. Or maybe you really never saw a healthy display of emotion at all because everyone was hiding their emotions, right? Depending on what you're used to and maybe what you grew up with, sometimes we start to fear feelings. And so we then will hold back, right? Maybe distract ourselves from them, try to numb away from them, try to compartmentalize to an unhealthy degree. And so I think we cause ourselves a lot of unnecessary suffering simply because we don't have the skill of how to allow feelings to pass through. And so that's one of the things that I like to help people with as well. I find that's a game changer on multiple fronts. And do you have any quick tips for someone listening? Obviously, it can be a lifetime of work, you know, letting go of these things. But is there anything in particular, any framework that helped you to move through that? Yeah, there's two things I like in particular. One is emotional freedom technique or tapping. So, you know, people can do a quick YouTube search on that and they'll find all kinds of resources and it's free and easy and can be done anywhere, which I love. But it, you know, calms your nervous system, tells your your brain that you're safe. So I love that. And then the the framework that I teach most often is called now. 
and it stands N-O-W stands for name or notice. Really, it's less relevant whether you name it, but you at least need to notice it, right? So this is anger, right? Or I notice um, my chest is tight, right? We have to first notice or name what we're feeling. And then counterintuitively, we have to open up to it. And that's what the O stands for. So we're naming or noticing and then opening. And what I mean by that is instead of trying to get away from the feeling, right, we're actually welcoming it in. We're opening ourselves up to it. And that can look like breathing it in. That can look like dropping your shoulders and expanding your chest, right? But it's it's doing the exact opposite of what our primitive brain is wired to do, which is to get away. So instead of getting away, we actually breathe it in, open, up, open ourselves up to it, give it permission to be there, right? And then the W stands for witness. So emotions are just vibrations in our body caused by thoughts in our mind, right? And if we witness them, if we allow them to be there, we open up to them and then we just witness the, almost like a digestion is how I like to think of it. They will pass in a you know minute and a half for the most part. So witnessing is about becoming the watcher, the witnesser of your own physical experience as you have a feeling. So where is that feeling in your body? Right? Maybe you notice it in your throat. Maybe you notice it in your abdomen. Maybe you notice it in your stomach. What is it like? Right? Is it more fast? Is it more slow? Does it have a shape? Does it have a texture? Is it spiky? Is it smooth? Does it have a color? And none of these answers are right or wrong. And it's totally fine if some of those questions even feel weird and you can't come up with an answer. It doesn't even matter. The point is that instead of being all wrapped up in the emotion and getting consumed by the story that created it, we go to a place where we're actually normalizing it and watching it as it flows through our body. And then feelings become way less scary, right? Then we start to develop through that repetitive process, confidence in our ability to allow a feeling to pass. And things get a lot easier at that point. So name, open, witness, now. That's my favorite way of doing it. So... Obviously, we could just spend the whole episode or whole series on just processing guilt. There's a lot to unpack. I want to talk about how we know when we can date again. But before we go to that, I, I want to ask if there are any other major things in the in the area of grieving that, that you like to address or you, you find clients struggling with to process before they move on towards dating again? Well, it's not so much a problem in processing um, that I see as it relates to post-traumatic growth. But what I see a lot of is that we have normalized the term new normal. And so sometimes, but but kind of in a way that doesn't serve us, right? I, I love the term when it's used in a useful way. But sometimes what someone in grief makes the term new normal mean is they make it mean settling. They make it mean resignation, right? So I just better get used to my new normal uh, because this is it, right? And that's what I did. And I see a lot of my widowed mom clients doing that as well. And that, right, can, can really keep us from even considering the greater possibility that is available to anyone who's gone through a grief experience, which could be post-traumatic growth, right? We can take any life experience and not only just bounce back to where we were before the experience, but we can use it to bounce forward, right? And create deeper and more meaningful lives. And it doesn't mean anything 
about the loss, right? It doesn't mean that we didn't love that person if we go on to, to greater levels of life satisfaction. It just means that we're good at incorporating what we've learned along the way and using it to inform the choices that we make in the future. So it's important to me that people understand we don't have to settle just because we lost something, right? We can, we're still the boss of, of what we choose to think and how we choose to feel and what we choose to create and do in our lives. And that can be even more thoughtfully informed, right? More aligned with what's important to us after a loss than it was before the loss. So no limits, right? My opinion. What exactly is post-traumatic growth? Oh, sure. Yeah. So post-traumatic growth is a phrase that was coined in the mid-90s by a couple of researchers. Last names are Tadeshi and Calhoun. And what they were interested in studying or kind of noticing, I guess, more accurately, is that some people after a trauma, and trauma, of course, is highly subjective, but some people after something that was traumatic were um, experiencing kind of that dip in wellness after the event, and then getting back to that level of wellness, that kind of baseline that they were experiencing before the trauma. Some people weren't, obviously. But that was kind of the best that that before they started doing this, this work that we thought was possible. That, okay, something traumatic would happen. And the goal was to bounce back to where we were before. But they were noticing that some people weren't just bouncing back to the level of wellness or life satisfaction that they had before the event. They were actually bouncing forward to higher levels of life satisfaction, to deeper meaning in their lives. And so they started studying, why is that, right? And so it's, it's of course, an idea that fascinates me because if we think that you know our, we're limited, our happiness is limited, our life satisfaction is limited to what has happened to us, right? Then it's, it's, there's so much less possibility. If we understand that we can actually use a loss as leverage, right? To bounce forward, not, not in spite of the loss, but actually because of the loss, right? We can take what has happened from that life experience and then decide what we want to do with it and end up. When you work full-time, have kids and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. 
OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Loving life even more, which is just, you know, kind of mind-blowing. So so post-traumatic growth really reframed the idea of what's possible after a traumatic event. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days? Yes. Sign me up. (laughs) Then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. We talk about it on the show. Relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along. But we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners. And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit. But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course. Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. 
uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off. And it's so important, as we were talking about earlier, with reframing how we're we're thinking about things, uh, you know, not a problem to be solved is when dealing with our tricky emotions, but reframing this loss, whether it's a death or a breakup of like, okay, now there's actually an opportunity here. Like, I want to go through these emotions, but that I could catapult out of this to a growth area that I never even knew was possible. Totally. Yeah. I like to think about it too. So I live in Kansas and we have tornadoes here. And so I like to think about post-traumatic growth as though, you know, a tornado comes and knocks down your house, right? You didn't ask for that to happen. It just happened. You've lived in that house for a while. You've learned some things having lived in that house right? You know what you like about that house and what you don't like about that house. So when it comes time to rebuild, yes, you could go back and you could rebuild the exact same house you had. And that wouldn't be bad, right? It wouldn't be in any way an inferior choice. It's just a choice that you get to make. And also you can, if you want, take what you've learned from all the years you've lived in that house Maybe you want more lighting. Maybe you want a bigger kitchen. Maybe you want some sort of a different layout, right? You can take that information and you can redesign the house that you build in the future. And doing that does not mean anything bad about the old house, right? That's where I see a lot of people stopping themselves is they tell themselves something like, well, if I go on to love my life even more, then what does that mean about me? What did that mean about, you know, the the love that I had for my partner? Does that mean I didn't love them enough? Or, you know, is that... They feel uncomfortable with this idea. But to me, it's not a morality issue. It's not, you know, any sort of inferior or superior choice. It's just a choice that we as humans get to make about life. Do we build the same house or one as close to it as we can? Or do we take the opportunity to redesign and build with intention? Such a hopeful message that I know a lot of people that are listening to this need to hear. So thank you for sharing that. Now, I want to talk about how we know when we can start dating again. Mm -hmm. Obviously, again, this is a deep, I don't want to say issue, but topic that a lot of people are going to have different circumstances. But what did you go through? And and maybe that'll help our listeners in framing their issues. Yeah. So I would say, first of all, I don't think we can do it wrong. So it's not about there's a right way and I have to find it. Right. There's many ways to do it in many ways to, to consider what you want your approach to be. For me, I wasn't interested in dating for several years. I just wasn't interested in it at all. Um, is that right? Not wrong? No, right? It's just, it's just where I was. I just wasn't interested in it. So I waited quite a while. And then strangely enough, when I eventually was ready, I literally went on one date. <laughs> and... Then COVID happened and we went into a lockdown and the person that I met, we kind of went into a little COVID bubble and we've been together ever since. And now we live together and the rest is history. So I don't think that I had the experience that most people have. But what I think we should be considering is the why, right? Why is it that we want to date? And just make sure we like our reasons. So we might just want to date because we just want to get out there again 
right? We might just want to date because it's fun. We might just want to date because we'd like to expand our social circle and meet more people or you know, do something adventurous, right? So that's not good, bad, right, wrong. What makes dating, I think, a less desirable experience and what I have seen so many times in my clients is when we date with the expectation that we need to be in a relationship to be happy, right? Or that another person is going to fill a perceived hole that we have and that we can't be happy by ourselves. So I usually find when people do that, we kind of back up. We end up backing up and we end up going back to exploring the idea that actually, we don't really need a romantic relationship to be whole, happy, satisfied. Like we have everything we need inside of us to feel good without being partnered. And when we get there, which is varying levels of work and sometimes a lot of work, right? But when we truly get there and we realize, no, I am in charge of my happiness. <laughs> I do not need a romantic partner to be happy. Happiness is inside of me. Then dating can be so much more fun, right? Then it can be about giving instead of trying to fill some mythical hole, right? It, it feels less graspy. It, it feels less needy. It, it actually feels like... Um, you know, something you could take or leave and just a whole lot lighter than what a lot of us do, which is we're like, oof, it sucks to be alone. Therefore, I should I should find someone so it doesn't have to suck so much. But right, where, wherever we go, there we are. So, you know, relationships aren't the panacea for feelings uh, at all. So I think it's about really getting back and in touch with why do we want to date and making sure we really like that reason. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's such an important thing to do in, in all aspects of our lives is to ask, like, what is the underlying thing that's driving me to make this decision? Is it because I don't want to be alone and I'm tired of it and that's why I want to date and that's going to distract me from, you know, maybe focusing on myself and my anxious attachment and being more secure and then dating, you know, just going to that underlying motivator and and maybe the answer is we, you know, we want connection. Everyone wants connection. But what I've done personally is really focus on my friendships. And that was really valuable because I think maybe the default is to go, oh, I want to I want a romantic partner because I'm feeling lonely and I want that companionship. It's like, well, what am I doing with my friendships? Am I cultivating those with my family, with my friends? That can be kind of a nice and maybe I don't want to say more important, but a foundational aspect, right? Like romantic partners are one thing. And the reality is, is they can come and go and that's its own thing and that we're trying to help people navigate. But our friends and family can kind of be a foundational thing that you're cultivating that are there for decades, a lifetime. And, and focusing on those can be important. Agreed. And to go even one layer deeper, I think cultivating the relationship that we have with ourselves is some of the most powerful work we can do. Like, do I enjoy my own company? And if not, why not? Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like it's a bit easier to just go, oh, I want to date and meet a romantic partner. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's kind of the default mode, uh, at least for me. And I, you know, see my friends as well. And you jump from one relationship to another because it feels good to be with someone that cares about you and that wants to hang out and you're romantically involved. You know, it's not wrong, but taking that pause to step back and go, well, what is driving me, you know, to feel like I need to be with someone, as you mentioned, is, is so important. 
Yeah. And I do think just adding on to that too, sometimes we judge ourselves for wanting a distraction as though there's something wrong with that. And specifically, one of my favorite grief theories is the dual process theory of grief. And essentially what it teaches is that there are kind of grief-related activities. So thinking about your loss, you know, all loss-related activities. And then there are restoration or restorative activities. So things that aren't related to the loss. And so if we can understand that there's actually value in, according to this theory, oscillating back and forth, spending time thinking about the loss, but then also intentionally distracting from it, right? Doing things that are not related to the loss, going back and forth, that there's healing power in that. And so sometimes people will hold themselves back from dating because they will say things like, well, I'm just distracting myself. And I think we want to reframe that there actually can be value in the distraction, right? We just do it with intention. And that's the difference as opposed to doing it as an escape from a place that says, I can't handle this. So it's a slightly different way of thinking about it. And that's not just dating again. That's like sex again too, right? We don't have to just... (laughs) We, we can like our reasons and have our reason be distraction. Yes, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to mention, like, we obviously have all these cultural narratives and, and these cliches. And one of them being like, oh, you need, you need time. You need time to heal, you know, whether it's the death of a partner or a bad breakup. It's like, you know, time. And there is some truth to, you know, the old saying, time heals all wounds. As you get away from something, you get different perspective. But I think sometimes people can feel bad about wanting to just go out and have a fun date and and hook up with someone because it's like, that's not what you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to be upset or mourning this or giving it time. And and as you said, it's like, I I love that distraction with the intention. That's such a a beautiful thing. And and so true, not just in what we're talking about, but like in, in anything, you can be in a relationship and going through a rough patch and it's like, Maybe you just need to distract yourselves, right? Like intentionally, like go out, go to a concert, go hang out with friends intentionally, not to completely push it to a side. But I think at least for myself, that's a valuable thing to be able to do and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, 100%. And and it is fascinating to me how, you know, we not only worry about negative emotion, sometimes we judge ourselves or worry about positive emotion in grief too, right? So it, it's I've seen it happen time and time again, and it used to happen to me where I would notice myself feeling happy, dare I say joyful, <laughs> or like laughing. And then instead of being able to enjoy it and see it as healthy and healing, I would then judge myself for it, right? Like, ooh, what does it mean if I'm happy? Am I doing it right? Am I am I hiding from my grief? Am I suppressing something? You know, am I did I, does it mean I didn't love them enough? And I see my clients doing this all the time too. So it is. Uh, you know, it's okay to, to to experience positive emotion in grief, right? It's not just all about negative emotions. I love it. It's so valuable as someone who can be hard on themselves. It's definitely me. I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of people just to have someone say like, it's okay to be happy, you know, allow yourself to feel those emotions. It's such a funny thing that we need to hear that, but it's true. Yeah. Well, Krista, we covered a lot and this has been super valuable. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Before we wrap up, are there any things that we skipped over or maybe something you want to emphasize? 
Yeah, just I would just really encourage people to, you know, whatever it is you think you know about grief, be open to other ways, right? Sometimes certain things just don't take off in our culture and we don't do a particularly good job of talking about them and normalizing them. So don't assume that what you know or what you've read in books is necessarily accurate. Be open to the idea that the experience will be different for you and that that's not bad. It's just grief. And where can our listeners learn more about you and find you online? Yeah, they can go to coachingwithkrista.com. That's my website. But I am also a podcaster. I have a podcast called The Widowed Mom Podcast. Obviously very specific, but I do cover just a lot of grief topics and post-traumatic growth topics. So if people want to listen to that, they can. And then since there are a lot of episodes, I also have a quiz they can take. It's at coachingwithkrista.com forward slash grief support. And if they take that quiz, if they're experiencing grief, it will point them towards the episodes that will be the most valuable to them based on where they are in their grief. We'll have those links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge... We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.